Well, I have a couple minutes with you, and I want to share with you something that I'm really passionate about today, uh, something that um, uh, just it has been brewing in my spirit as we begun this series. Uh, in the last couple days, just to recap, we've been talking a whole lot about speaking life, huh? talking a whole lot about speaking life and the responsibility we have as the people of God to speak life. So I'm just going to follow up there, if you would just uh, remain with me here. Today, uh, we learned certain things about speaking life. We learned, number one, that we have the power of what in our tongues? Louder. Life and death in our tongues, right? With our tongues, we can speak either life or death. And so we learned that, hey, it's important that we watch what we say. We also talked about on Father's Day the important, the privilege, and the authority God gives parents to speak life over their children, right? Particularly fathers. So uh, as we talked about that, we learned something about the words that we speak, that ultimately the words that we speak come from what? Louder. Our hearts. Whatever I'm meditating on, whatever's brewing in my heart, whatever it is that I'm um, 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 just constantly... Uh, you know, controlling my emotions and my thought life, that is going to come out in my words. That makes makes sense, right? So Proverbs teaches us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Remember that? Let's go to that. Keep your heart with all vigilance, meaning with watchfulness. That's a word that to be watchful. Keep your, your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Do you see that? So your life, right, you have to guard your heart, because your, your life will be impacted with whatever's brewing here. And how can I describe that process? It'll, maybe it's just a thought. Somebody says something. It comes to your mind. You entertain that thing that was said to you. Maybe it was a bad thing. You're entertaining that. Then it goes, when you entertain that, it affects your emotions. It affects how you respond. To, so now all of a sudden you got an offense, right? So speaking life has a lot to do with the way that we guard our hearts. If I'm not guarding my heart, I'm not going to be able to speak life. Because I'm only going to be able to speak whatever I got in my heart. Whatever I treasured up is whatever is going to be manifested out of my tongue. So we've been talking about, um, we've been talking about uh, just, uh, just guarding our hearts. And uh, two weeks ago, we, we shared that one of the ways that we can guard our hearts is by guarding our relationships. By paying attention to our relationships, the relationships that surround us. And just to recap, here's three, a couple things that we learned about guarding our relationships. Number one... We have to feast on God-fearing relationships. If I'm going to be a person that pursues after God, if I'm going to grow in this hunger for God, then i got to be around people who hunger for God. i got to be around people who have the same desire to pursue God. If I, if I want God to catch me in the whirlwind and spit me out in Africa, glory to God, I need to be around people who have a heart for missions. Are you with me? You know? I got to be around people who have a desire for the things of God. Now, it, it's, we also learn, as the scripture teaches in Corinthians, that bad company corrupts good morals and good moral habits to be attacked. You see, if I surround myself with people who don't have a hunger or desire for God and who are constantly counseling me accord, not according to God's word, ultimately, if I let them in my life and let them continue to speak into my life, they're going to begin to degrade my standard and my desire to give glory to God. They're going to begin to take away, little by little, my hunger, my excitement for worship, for Jesus, for His presence, for His people, for for evangelism. You understand what I'm saying? 
Now, it means that I got to learn, I got to learn to gauge and discern my relationships because I'm going to have people around my life that are not going to be at the same hunger level. Right? There are some people, and I kind of, can I, can I describe it this way? Can I describe, there are some relationships that are output, some relationships that are input, some relationships are input-output. Right? So it means that there are some relationships in my life. I'm going to always love a certain members of my family. I'm just going to love them to life. But I'm always going to be, you know, just giving life. I'm not going to expect them to give much life, and I'm not even going to give them too much room to come in that way because they may not say all the right things, right? They may not have the right intentions or the things of the Lord in mind. So I have to, in a sense, understand. You know, I'm just speaking life. I'm always going to love them. Got to love your mama. Can I get an amen? amen. Got to love your mama. Got to love your daddy. Right? But, you know, just because they're immediate family, some of y'all will understand, doesn't mean that, they, that you should give them open room to speak into your life. Are you with me? Amen. Some relationships are input, meaning there are relationships that I'm looking and I'm saying, please pour into my life. I need a mentor. I need someone to... I need someone to speak into my life. And then some are input-output, right? You're giving, you're taking, and, you're, and, and so it, it just works that way. But you have to learn to have discernment. Just because they, people come to church and they name the name of Jesus, doesn't mean that you give them access to your heart to counsel you. We have to set boundaries and the boundary lines for our relationships. Some relationships, again... Uh, we we got to learn to set those boundaries. So today, as we continue to speak about guarding our hearts, so just think about that. Think about guarding your heart. Think about setting up boundaries in your relationships and, and being about seeking people who love God that you can run with. You got to get to run. You got to know the joy of running with people who love God. Amen. Amen. Today, I want to talk about another very in, important topic to me. Today, I want to talk to you about guarding your heart through the area of entertainment. Okay. I want to talk about entertainment. Because entertainment, whatever you entertain yourself with, whatever I entertain myself with, will have a great impact on whether my heart is pure or whether my heart is corrupt. I'm going to repeat that again. Whatever I entertain myself with will have a great impact on whether my heart is pure or whether my heart is corrupt. I do not believe in part-time Christianity. And I don't believe on, in Sunday Christianity. And this is what I mean. My Christianity is not separate from whatever I watch on TV. My Christianity is not separate from the way I treat my wife. My Christianity is not separate from the way that I handle my finances. My Christianity is not separate from the way I treat the bank teller. Are you with me? And it, we can go deeper. My Christianity should not be different, I got to confess, than the way I eat. Okay? Are you with me? I'm not throwing stones. I'm saying, I need help. Right? <laughs> Are you with me? You know what I'm saying? Christianity is a relationship with Jesus. Because I am in a relationship with Jesus, it's a covenant. It's for real. It affects everything that I do. That includes what I watch. That includes how I entertain myself. So we got to throw this deal out of the, we got to throw this idea that entertainment is bad. Just throw it out the door. Entertainment is not bad, right? Not all entertainment is bad. The question is, do you know how to choose your entertainment in a way that pleases the Lord? Are you watching and seeing or, or doing things that honor God? 
Are they bringing you closer to God or drawing you further from God? There's nothing in between. There is nothing in between. But no, I'm not talking about the old-time religion that would say, you can't watch TV. That's the devil's work. It'll take you to hell. Are you playing cards? That's the devil's work. It's going to take you to hell. I can't believe you're playing dominoes. Do you know that's the devil's work? You know where it'll take you. I'm not talking about that. Um, um, God, you know, for some reason, there are some of us who believe that fun was invented by Satan. It's not true. It's not true. And I would say to you that entertainment should be a part of our Sabbath. Now, what is Sabbath? You remember? A A day of rest. God wants us to be people who know how to rest. God created us in such a way that we need to rest, right? If we don't rest, we, we malfunction. We don't operate correctly. And I want you to just notice something. Do you think it's interesting that God created men on the sixth day and on the seventh day he called the day of rest? Isn't that interesting? God didn't say, on, and on the seventh day, Adam, get a resume together. You got to get to work. No. Instead, he says, The seventh day, after he created everything, he created man and woman fully grown with eyes wide open and he releases them on the seventh day and he says, rest. Just rest. Can you imagine just looking around at everything that they saw, the paradise of God? Walt Disney World can hold a candle to that kind of entertainment. Are you with me? I mean, it it must have been amazing. They're created and the first thing God does is delight in me. Look at all that I've done, right? So entertainment should be something that excites us that we use or that we have in our Sabbath and our rest time, something that leads us closer to God and and gets us to appreciate God more and more. I want you to guard your entertainment because I believe that your entertainment, what you watch, what you do, what you spend your time doing will greatly affect your relationship and your growth with Christ. Do you agree with me today? Amen? And so this is the first thing I want to tell you about entertainment. Number one, God wants to be your number one choice for entertainment. God wants to be your number one delight. Someone say, well, wait a minute, Pastor. Are you saying that God is here to entertain us? That's offensive. That is blasphemous. God is not interested in entertaining us. We, We are supposed to serve Him and worship Him. I agree with you, and I disagree with you. We are here to worship and to glorify God alone. But if you read the Bible carefully, especially through the Psalms, how often do you hear the psalmist giving God the glory for what he's done? Right? Do you not think that what God has done is entertaining? When you look at his creation and everything that he's done, when you think about the DNA that's within your body that's different from somebody else's and it's a mystery... When you think about the fact that we still don't know what makes labor happen, in the sense that what makes a woman go into labor, we still don't know. When you think about the fact that we don't know the depth of the sea, when you think about the way that things are created, don't you think that God created these things so that we can delight in them and say, God, you're awesome, you're glorious? Are you with me? God has done marvelous things so that we would be entertained by His works, so that we would delight in His works. And we would say, God, you are good, and like you, there is none. He's not an entertainer, per se. God is God and worthy of praise and above everything. But he delights in us, and he entertains us with his glory and his goodness and his mercy. How good is our God? We need to begin to look at the goodness of God and celebrate it. I believe that God wants to be our number one delight. 
I believe that the Lord wants to be uh, what we celebrate and what we look forward to do when we have downtime. Are you with me? So as I look at that, what I'm actually trying to say is basically this. In your heart, there has to be a big old seat called the throne. And Jesus has to be seat, seated on that throne. He's the one that wants to be celebrated. He's the one that you should delight in his words and his works should be what you're meditating on. And I, I want to just share with you a quick scripture found in Psalm 119. It reads this way. A young, you know, uh, here, here's someone speaking about what a young man needs to do to keep himself pure. But I want you to just pay attention to how excited he is about God. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Listen, listen to verse 10. With my whole heart I seek you. You see that? With my whole heart. That means with all of my passion, with all of my desire, with all of my emotion, with all that I am, I'm, with all of my resources, with all that I treasure, I'm seeking you. Do you think this is someone who's saying, with my whole heart I'll seek you. With my whole heart. You think it's someone who's really struggling with this or someone who's passionate about the Lord? With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I've stored up your word in my heart. I've stored up your word in my heart. Think about that. You store up treasure. And if it's treasure, you're seeking treasure. You're out there looking for treasure. And he's saying, your word to me is like a treasure that I'm storing up in my heart. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your ways, your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. You see it? First, he stores up the treasure of God's word in his heart. Then he declares. You see? Whatever you store up is what you're going to be able to declare. Are you storing up the word of God today? With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the ways of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. There it is. God this guy is being entertained by the goodness of God. Do you see that? He's saying, God, I delight in your testimonies and the things that you've done. More than I do in all the riches. Like, like in the, let's read that again. It says, I, in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. Incredible. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Now, let me tell you, I'm Dominican. And in Dominican Republic, we celebrate this thing called Tres Reyes Magos. Instead of December 25th, we celebrate in January 6th, we celebrate the day where the three wise kings came to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ and give gifts. But for some reason, I don't, I don't, I don't really agree with this, but my parents had this idea that it would be good to store up the presents under the bed of the children, right? So the presents that we would give for our Christmas, our three wise kings, would be under our beds. And we're supposed to sleep. With our presents under the bed. I'm going to confess that I've opened up presents way before their times. A lot. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, it's unbearable. It's Chinese torture. It's <laughs> but, you know, it's like, I got to open that present. I got to see what's under there. But I remember, you know, just laying there, just super excited. Oh, I know what I got. I got a Nintendo. I'm going to open it up. I'm going to play Mario. I'm going to do this. I'm going to invite mommy. I'm going to... You're just meditating on it, right? You're just excited about it. Do you go to sleep at night excited about the things of God that way? 
Because this is what this psalmist is saying. He's meditating on the goodness of God at, at night. He's meditating on His law, on the ways of God, on the precepts of God. This is, does the way God, does God Himself excite you this way? Wow. With my lips, I declare, okay, uh, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes, and I will not forget your word. I will delight. So here's two things. Number one, uh, uh, God wants us to be our number one delight. Secondly, I, I want to remind you of this. We've got to tell our hearts where to go. Some would say, well, I don't have this kind of passion and excitement with, for the thanks of God. Begin to turn your heart away from the things that don't please God and turn it towards the things of the Lord, and you'll find that your heart will have new appetites. Right? Your heart will have new appetites. God wants to be your delight. That means that you have authority over your heart to tell your heart where to go. Are you with me? You can do that. You can make decisions for your heart. Don't let your heart make decisions for you. Amen? God wants to be your number one delight. So now, in regards to entertainment, what else do we need to know about entertainment? When it comes to what we watch or what we do... Okay, here's just a couple of questions that I think we need to ask ourselves. Number one, something very simple, something that you probably heard before, and I really don't mind repeating, and that is this. Will Jesus be comfortable watching what you're watching with you? Would Jesus be comfortable with you as you're doing whatever you're doing? As you're entertaining yourself with whatever it is you're entertaining yourself with, would Jesus be in his element and feel like you're welcoming him and giving him the glory? I heard, a, uh, I heard a writer say in one of his books that he was watching something and he really liked it, liked it even though it was very gory and had some awful things in it. And then G- he felt like Jesus just asked him a simple question, whispered a simple question. Why do you keep entertaining yourself with the things that put me on the cross? You ever read something and you want to highlight it with a black magic marker? It's like, never read that. <laughs> right? Just read something that really affects you like, whoa, that's how I felt when I read that. It was as if the Lord was asking me, why do you entertain yourself with the things that put me on the cross? So we have to ask ourselves what we're watching. Does it give glory to Jesus? Does it exalt him? Does it please God? Or is it something that would grieve the Holy Spirit? I'm not telling you what to watch or what it is. I don't know what you watch or what you do. Whatever your form of entertainment will be, the question is, is Jesus in his element with you? Is he being glorified as you do whatever that is? You know, I find something to be very true. That if Jesus is at the center of our heart, and he is our our source of life, and if his relationship is what we treasure the most in our lives, then we will turn away from things that don't please him because we don't want to grieve him, right? And so because we don't want to grieve him, we find ourselves being convicted about things that typically before we wouldn't be convicted about. So you find that when people get a revelation of the presence of God and the reality of God, that they don't want anything to do with entertainment that doesn't please him. They don't even, they don't, sometimes they don't even feel comfortable with themselves at the recognition of who he is, how holy he is, and where we're at. And I'm just going to show you two examples of that really quickly. Isaiah chapter 6 After Isaiah got a revelation from the Lord, he says, when King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord and I saw him surrounded. It says this above, 
uh, verse 1, In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah all of a sudden realized that he was in proximity to God Almighty. And immediately, as his revelation of God increased, his revelation of, sin sick, of his sin sickness and the sin sickness that surrounded him increased. Listen, when you're in the proximity of Jesus, you're going to know the things around you that don't give glory to him. It's going to be very evident. And if you're in the proximity of Jesus and you're entertaining yourself with things that don't please him, it's going to be very evident to him. This is not the only portion that shows this. There's another portion where Peter is out fishing and he can't catch a thing if his life depended on it. Poor Jesus just looks at him and says, man, that poor Peter, look at him, can't catch a thing. Right? And he just tells, he tells Peter, Peter, just go back out there, put the net on the other side. And Peter says, Master, you know what? I've been doing this all night, but for you, I'll try one more time. Probably under his breath, I don't really want to do this, but Jesus told me to do this, so i got to do this, Nancy. Right? And he does it. He catches this incredible catch. Right? And Peter is aware that he is in proximity to the Lord. And he says to Jesus when he realizes that, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. You see that? When we're in proximity to Jesus, we're aware of sinfulness. We're aware of the things that don't please God. And I think we have to put our entertainment in view of the reality of that. If you're walking in proximity to Jesus, if you're a believer, you're saying that Jesus lives in you, that Jesus is with you, that God is with you, right? What you're watching, what you're doing, is it also something that God can delight in? Is it something that Jesus feels comfortable with? Well, I remember watching something on TV. It's one of these crazy shows. Super thrilling. And my four-year-old daughter came in. And I said, baby, I don't want you to come in here and watch this. Just go to the other room. And she said, okay, Dad. But when I'm your age, I get to watch this too. Started thinking. You know, fathers, we have this problem. We see our kids, you know, parting the Red Sea, reaching whole continents for Jesus, right? And in my mind, I'm like, no, I don't want you to waste your time watching the show. You're going to grow up to be a woman of God. You don't have time for these endeavors. You got to be about the heart of God. And all of a sudden, I just heard this loud voice, hypocrite. <laughs> Why do you have higher standards on your daughter that you don't have on yourself? <laughs> Would Jesus be glorified with what you're entertaining yourself with? All right. Next point. What does your entertainment lead you to? What you're entertaining yourself with, what you're watching, what you're doing. What is it leading you to? Entertainment, whatever you're doing, will lead you to something. It will either lead you closer to God or lead you further away from Him. Okay? What is it leading you to do? 
the psalmist said something in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. He says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scoffers. And you know, when I was doing the study on the scripture, it, it grabbed my attention what one of the commentaries said. It says, these are not different instances, like one who listens to counsel or one who stands or one who sits. This is talking about the progression of sin. First, someone just entertains it. Well, I'm not doing it. I'm just listening to it. It's kind of humorous, kind of, kind of amusing. But it, comes, it goes from hearing sin or entertaining sin to being in the way of sinners. To hoping that you get the attention of those who are doing that. Maybe that you can delight in sin, right? Just a little bit. And it goes from that to being entrenched in sin, being seated, sitting in the place of scoffer. So it's, so it's a progression from entertaining something that's evil to wanting to do something that's evil to doing something. That's, there's a progression there in sin. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm telling you that I believe with all my heart that entertainment has the power to do that to us. I was watching something on ABC. I had the video, but we don't have the time. I'm just going to tell you the story about a certain young man at the age of 17 who killed this young elementary age uh, brother. Killed this elementary age brother. And as they were doing the interrogation, well, the young man turned himself in. He said, you got to arrest me. I've done something bad. I said, what did you do? I killed my brother. And so as the detectives are trying to get the information, they're trying to get to the bottom, what did he do to you? Nothing. What, why did you do this? And the only explanation the young man said was, have you ever watched the show Daxter? I said, what? I said, the show Daxter. I felt like Dexter and like I needed to do this. Well, Dexter is a show, a detective show, where this individual uh, does detective work. And in his detective work, he finds out whoever the murderer was. And instead of turning in that information, he goes out himself to kill the murderer. Because he himself has homicidal thoughts. So he goes out and because he thinks he's killing bad people, he's okay. While at the same time, he is feeding this murderous spirit. That's the basis of the show. This young boy had been watching this show. And the only thing that he can say is, I was watching Dexter. I felt like Dexter. And I felt like I had to do this. What's even more shocking is that their visitation times was videotaped. And his aunt came by to visit him. And you find the aunt telling her what's happening in the show. Oh, I know you can't see Dexter, but this is what's happening with the show. This is what's being said. This is who died. And the kid is just like, cool, wow. Finally, somebody talks to the aunt, who's the primary caregiver, and says, what are you doing? Do you not realize that the only reason that we have right now is that he said that he's watched this show and it's influenced him in such a way, and you're still telling them the, the storylines? Don't you see the danger, what you're doing to him? She says, no, I think it's just entertainment. Me and my family and my children watch it when it comes on all the time, and I don't think it has an effect. I used to work as a probation officer, and I, I find it humorous. There's this, there's this hall at the very top called G-Unit, but G-Unit was for isolation. And uh, typically the kids would go up there because they got so violent that they had to be separated from the rest of the kids. And you know what I would find? That oftentimes they would get even more violent because what they would begin to meditate and begin to recite were lyrics of their favorite artists. And the more they would recite these hateful lyrics, 
the more angry they will become and the more they will bang on the walls and bang on the doors and bang themselves and, 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 and do all kinds of crazy stuff. They come out of there looking demonic. All through lyrics that they've stored up in their hearts. Whatever's within your heart's going to come out. And I heard somebody say this. A minister was preaching that a young man brought guns to the altar. And he said, Pastor, I need to give you these. I said, what what is this about? He goes, he said, I would go on drive-bys. And what I would do is with my boys, we would play music. Real, you know, this this strong God-hating music. And we would listen to it and listen to it and listen to it. And I would become more angry and more vile to the point that I can see my mother and shoot her without a problem. Those are extreme cases. Your entertainment has the power to lead you somewhere. Some of us were like, well, we're not going to do anything like that. But let me ask you something. Is your entertainment drawing you closer to God or is making you indifferent? Is your entertainment drawing you closer to wanting to worship God or making you lose your passion to desire the Lord? Is your entertainment coming in the way of your intimate time where you're supposed to be in the Word? Right? Do you find yourself not having time to read the Scriptures? But somehow, some way, you got time to get up on Monday at 9 o'clock to watch 24. I'm not judging one show over the other. What I'm asking you is where is entertainment that you're choosing leading you? Where is it leading you? How is it affecting you? How is it affecting your pursuit of the Lord? James chapter 1 Again, talks about this progression of sin. We have to guard ourselves, my brothers and my sisters. We've got to guard ourselves because the wages of sin is death. Right? You entertain sin a little bit. Entertainment could be sinful or it could be helpful. Right? So let's just move on. Um, where does entertainment lead you? The, in regards to entertainment, what do we need to know about entertainment? God wants to be our number one delight. Secondly, does our entertainment please the Lord? Would Jesus be watching it with us? And third, where is our entertainment leading us? We have to ask ourselves this question. I feel like, uh, I, I feel so strongly about this area. And I'm going to share with you why I feel so strongly about this area. And I'm going to testify again. And I'll testify for the rest of my life. When I was a young boy, six or seven years old, I found a poster my dad had. A poster, uh, a pornographic uh, Playboy poster. Those images stayed in my mind. Those images opened up ideas in my mind that didn't please the Lord and a hunger, a curiosity for things that didn't honor God. I begin to look and pursue pornography, whether it be through HBO or whatever it may be. At the age of 15 and 16, I, I was in a strong battle wanting to have freedom from pornography and the things that that stuff didn't please God even though I didn't have a relationship with God and then I want you to know something brothers and sisters I got saved praise God but I still had an issue okay I had saved and I still had an issue and I didn't know how to come clean and how to how to how to deal with this or how to tell someone that I'm having these temptations that these issues are 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 happening and I went to Bible school and I still had issues Went to Bible school to study the word and I would fast and I would pray and I would fast and I would pray and I was still bound. Wondering why can I get free? What is it about me? Thinking I was alone. Thinking I was alone. I remember at one point, finally, I just couldn't do it anymore. How could I preach God's word? Listen to me. I was preaching God's word bound to pornography. 
And I said, God, I can't do this anymore. You got to do something. And, and, and a brother of mine came in the room uh, and he said to me, he said to me, are you struggling with this? It was like the floodgates. He confronted me. He said, are you struggling with pornography? And I began to weep and weep and weep and weep and weep. And after being saved, it was after confessing my sin that I began to experience freedom. Oh, it didn't happen overnight. I still had to guard myself. I still had to guard what I watch. I had to disconnect from internet altogether, right? And then I remember, particularly I was at a church where the preacher made a call, uh, an altar call, and he said, I'm making an altar call for someone who's battling with pornography. It's been an ongoing issue. You're in ministry. You're doing this and that, and God is dealing with you. There were a thousand people there. And there I was studying pastoral ministry with a stronghold. I said, I can't do this. So you can kill me now, but I can't be bound like this. Even if I die, I prefer dying than doing this. And I was the only one at the altar except one, one other person. But I was free. But I was free. And it broke my heart. Because it was only afterwards I realized that it was an epidemic in the church. And brothers came up to me and said, I'm so proud of you doing that. You know, I wish I was up there with you. I'm so proud of you for doing that. It's amazing. I wish I was up there with you. I began to see other men of God in pastoral ministry with strongholds. I'm not here to play church. I'm here to declare the kingdom of God. Amen. And God wants you free. And that means that you have to guard your entertainment. Because it could destroy you or it can build you up. Meeting with a man who was many times my senior. He said, it's okay to look at wrong things and things like that. And women, it's okay. There's not a problem with that. God created them. All along, he's lost his marriage. He's alone and he has no meaningful relationship whatsoever. Guard your heart. Guard what you entertain yourself with. Make sure Jesus would watch it with you. And now we're dealing with a bigger problem. Because now we've introduced this in such a greater proportion. Now we got Facebook and Twitter. By the way, you don't have to call anyone on the phone to gossip anymore or to be a busybody. All you have to do is scroll on Facebook a minute longer than you need to. Can I get an amen? You don't have to be a busybody and leave your home anymore. All you need is a Facebook account. Just be, I'm not judging Facebook. I'm just telling you. Be careful of how much time you spend on those. Guard your hearts. Would you stand with me today? Mm. Praise God. So how do you... So how do I choose what I should watch? Are you saying that I should watch just Christian things or things like that? No, that's not what I'm saying. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you this. There's a lot of Christian things out there. They're not Christian. They're not Christian. They're not anointed. They're not anointed. Some are even just plain wicked. 
So just don't, I'm not saying just listen to Christian music or just list, watch Christian movies. I'm not saying that. You have to get your discernment up. And you can't let your discernment, you can't give your discernment to somebody else. There are a lot of secular things that are wholesome. Not good things that you may see. There are a lot of Christian things that are not. So how do we choose our entertainment? How do we choose what to delight in? The Bible says this. Let's go to that. Would you go to that last verse there, Brother, brother Larry? In, the, in, this, in this slide, it says, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is wholesome, whatever is praiseworthy, right? Think of those things. The, the, the slide, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any worth, if, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Choose to watch those things and listen to those things that are commendable, that are honorable, that God, that you see the face of God in whatever you're doing, whatever you're watching, whatever you're hearing. Amen. Get your discernment up. Guard your entertainment and guard your heart. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I don't want my entertainment to be separate from my relationship with you. (laughs) I want to be a Christian in everything. We need your freedom today. We need your freedom today. We didn't come to play church. We need kingdom power, God, to set us free. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know what, Pastor? I haven't been guarding my entertainment. I haven't been guarding my, what I'm watching or what I'm hearing. And I'm convicted today. And I want to make a commitment today to guard my entertainment and come before the Lord and deal with this and deal with this and honor God. Some of you are here and would say, you know what, Pastor? I haven't been careful about the freedoms that I've given my children and the things they're entertaining themselves with. And I would hate the thought of my children battling with pornography as long as you did. I hate that thought too. Trust me. God has given you authority, parents. Maybe some of you young people are here and you're battling with some of those things that I've mentioned. Or you know that this is getting out of hand. I want you to know that there's, there's freedom. There's freedom in Christ. There's freedom in Christ. No matter how, what, what age, no matter how old. But if you're here today and you're saying, I want my entertainment to be submitted to Christ. I want to submit what I entertain myself to Christ. Would you raise your hand right where you're at? He says, I know that's a problem right now. I know that's a problem. But I'm submitting it to the Lord today. Would you raise your hand right where you're at? Right where you're at. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for freedom. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for strength. God, I thank you for your, young, your, your people here who are making a commitment, God, to submit their entertainment to you. I thank you for leading them. I thank you for guiding them. I thank you for giving them the strength. I, I thank you for teaching them, Father God, to confess and to seek accountability, God, that they don't have to do this on their own because no one can do it on their own. God, I thank you for freedom, Lord God. There are some of uh, who've raised their hands who possibly are struggling right, right now with pornography, God, and addictive issues in regards to their entertainment. Father, break the yoke. Yes, Lord, break God. the yoke yes. in Jesus' yes. name. Break the yoke of the enemy right now. 
And Lord, I know the condemnation that comes when someone battles with that. I thank you for setting us free from condemnation. And I thank you that you don't give up on us, God, when we fall short. But you just call us to stand up and fight again. You call us to stand up and fight again. I thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Every morning, God. We believe that today. Thank you, Lord. Now, I'm going to make a tough call. Just like I had to respond to a tough call. You're here today and you're saying, you know, this is a real issue, Pastor. The entertainment area is a real issue for me. And I need prayer. I need prayer. I need the strength of God. I need freedom from the Lord. Uh, I I need to partner with someone uh, that would pray with me today on this issue. If that's you, would you come to the altar right now? Right now you're saying, you know, I want to submit this, but I need prayer. I I understand that I need prayer. This has become a stronghold. This has become a, a big issue, a challenge. If that's you today and you're saying you don't want that anymore, you, you want freedom from that, would you, would you join me at the altar today? The altars are open. The altars are open. The altars are open. The altars are open. Oh, Father, I thank you for freedom. Lord, I thank you for freedom. If my altar workers will come up, uh, Chris Burtock and Rachel, would you come up right now and pray? The altars are open. The altars are open. Amen. You're saying, you're saying this, this has become a problem. I need freedom. I need freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The altars are open. God can set free. He can deliver. I'm a witness. Thank you, God. Thank you for your Father, thank you today for your freedom. Hallelujah. Thank you today for your freedom. Heather, would you come up and help me pray for Bikini? Father, I just pray your blessing over your people. Continue to be their mighty tower and their refuge. Continue to teach them and to guide them, God, as they as they guard their hearts so that they would speak life. I bless them in Jesus' name. May your face shine on them, God. And let them always be radiant for you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll be at the altars praying. Have a good, have a great day. God bless you.
vessel that you work through. 